Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but small enough not to give you that mega bank experience, and you know what I'm talking about, treating you like a number and you never can talk to a live person, um, Renaissance Bank, I think, is the place to find that happy medium. I know that's my experience with the bank. I think they do a great job. And if you're looking for that kind of experience in a bank, go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. I think you'll be glad that you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Stephen Lee. Stephen is with the Stephen Lee Group. How you doing? Stephen, welcome. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Um, let's talk a little bit about you and how you're serving folks. All right. So I have uh, two aspects of my business. I have a team of agents that help buyers and sellers in the residential area. And then I also run a coaching business that is geared towards real, ta- real estate agents and team owners. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's talk about the real estate side Okay. first. So you've got a team and your team works in what area of town here? Marietta is where we do probably 80 to 90% of our business. Um, but Woodstock, Alpharetta, we kind of go wherever, but Marietta is really our area of expertise. So Northwest to North kind of side of, uh, North Atlanta, I guess as it were. Right. Why Marietta? Why, why do you counsel folks to, to, to relocate to Marietta? If they're coming to town, uh, don't know it, the metro Atlanta area. Why Marietta? Well, I'm a little biased because I was born and raised there. Okay. <laughs> my parents still live there. Okay. Um, and then most of my agents live, work, and play there. So uh-huh. it's important for us to be knowledgeable about the area. Um, but also school systems are great. The suburban life is wonderful. There's shopping, restaurants. Um, it's just a really great place to live. And the square is beautiful. It is. And they're doing so much work down there right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was there a few weeks ago and it was terrific. It um, um, I was, I was thinking, I'm sorry, I'm not closer, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't live closer, but, um, um, talk a little bit about, um, sellers of property and what they need to be thinking about doing right now, because the market's been a little crazy here in the last few months, right? We had, we were on a steady upward trend and, we hit an air pocket. We did. It almost felt like to us in the business, like it happened overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so still a great time to sell the home, but the conversations are looking a lot different with sellers. Um, as far as the, just throwing a sign in the yard and you're getting multiple offers, $20,000 over list price, it's still happening, but it's happening with the homes that are ready to go mm-hmm. that have all the updates that basically the buyers come in, put their furniture down and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. So what that conversation looks like now is we're telling sellers they need to paint. They need to do some updates. They need to do any repairs that nece- might be necessary to make it completely market ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are still going really quick. Uh, but you know, the buyers with interest rates increasing, they've gotten a lot more picky. Uh, so that's really the best device. So it's hard to get sellers to understand that because they're typically six months behind on what's going on with the market. 
mm. as opposed to buyers who they're out there every day. They're seeing a bunch of houses either on the lo- online or in person. Um, so it's just, it's a difficult conversation with the sellers because their neighbor's experience six months ago is not going to be what their experience is going to be now. And you're having to tell them maybe not that their baby is ugly, but their baby needs to have a bath. Exactly. <laughs> that is, I'm going to write that one down. That is okay. perfect. That is perfect. Because that that is a very tough conversation of saying, you know, because this is the house a lot of times that they raised their family in and they've lived in for a long time. So you got to be walking on eggshells with those conversations. But at the end of the day, they're hiring me to do a job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my goal is to take the emotion out of it and help them make the best business decision and financial decision for their family. Got it. So should, I mean, we're, as we record this, we're here in the fall of 2022 and, you know, we hear a lot about seasonality. What's your views on seasonality in terms of putting your house up for sale? So we're probably coming up towards the time where you might want to wait a little bit longer as you get closer to the holiday season. Um, what's really left is the corporate relocations. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they want their CEOs, executives in there at the end of this year before they start the new fiscal year. Um, and a lot of families don't necessarily want to move during the holiday season. They want to be in wherever they're going to be for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all of that. But you still are left with a lot of those people that have what we call, you know, life changing scenarios where, you know, new marriage, new baby, relocation, like I mentioned, that still need to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you factor in the elections coming up too. So that's just kind of consumer wide. Everybody gets a little more nervous when that comes up. Yeah. For sure. So, um, Stephen, let's switch gears here a minute and talk about your journey. Why real estate? Why? Why? Uh, what? What? What was the trajectory that got you into real estate? What? What? Uh, lights your fire about this industry? So, my past career was in uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, ran them. Um, started as a dishwasher when I was young, moved all the way up to general manager. Um, but in my early thirties, one of my jobs with a couple big chain restaurants was I went out to restaurants that were underperforming and I would spend a little bit of time there and kind of figure out what was the issue. Was it training, hiring recipes and became kind of like the fix it person. And I love that. And I also love the people aspect of it. Mm. Um, my last job was as a general manager at a fine dining restaurant down in Midtown And that had always been my goal and felt like I had basically accomplished everything I wanted to in that industry, unless I wanted to take on owning my own restaurant, which I did not want to do. Or unless you started a reality TV show on on (laughs) how to fix that restaurant. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay didn't call me back. So, (laughs) okay, I got you. Um, Be in that process in my early 30s, one of the girls that was working for me as a bartender was in the stages of phasing herself out because she got a real estate license. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to move into something that was still working with people, um, was very concerned about getting another job that would be a nine to five because I loved the busyness, not every day is the same aspect. And I really felt like real estate could offer that to me. Um, So got connected with her and I quit that job. Didn't work for six months because I was getting my license and everything set up. And then I hit the ground running with a big team in the Marietta area as an agent. Mm. Terrific. Terrific. Um, And what that I think really informs your real estate coaching business, right? That, that experience I would think really informs that. Let's talk about what specifically you're doing there with that coaching business, who you're working with. Okay. So I work with solo agents as well as 
people starting teams or people that already have teams. Now, when I say teams, it's typically an agent that was so successful and had so much business, they started having to bring people on to help cover it. And it starts with admins and then other agents to take on the actual clients for them. Um, So with the solo agents, we meet once a month, basically each year, help them figure out what the business plan is for them for marketing, what their goals are going to be, and then start breaking those numbers down into palatable chunks. um, So they know what they need to be doing all the way down to each week of how many people they need to be talking to, Mm. how many people need to be hiring them. Um, And then I keep with them for the whole year to help advise on any marketing aspects and then to hold them accountable as well. Yeah. I want to, uh, just go down a bunny trail if I can on, on this one. Uh, I mean, what you're talking about strikes me as really important as opposed to just setting a goal. You're talking about breaking the goal down into what you've got to be doing every day, maybe every hour uh, to, to um, as part of the process that gives you, uh, get you a little further down the road toward that goal. Exactly. Um, what the biggest, especially with solo agents, the accountability piece and staying focused is what gets difficult because you're mm-hmm. working for yourself right. and there's nobody there tapping you on the shoulder saying, Hey, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. Right. Um, and then a lot of times when you set a big goal for the end of the year, backing that out onto all those little details makes it a lot more doable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they end up raising their goals because they're like, Oh, this is all I need to be doing each mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Um, so I'm a data and spreadsheet nerd. So I have okay. a spreadsheet that they can put in either how much money they want to make commission wise or number of closings for the year. And then that breaks it down to exactly what they need, how many people they need to meet with for that year, how many need to hire them, how many need to go under contract. And then in the end, end result is how many will end up closing. And then I break that number down even more because most of your business in real estate is done in the second and third quarter. So the summertime in between school. Um, so you're doing more business there as opposed to the exterior quarters. Right. Um, so, and then I have a spreadsheet of course <laughs> to help them track that too. So they can put their goals in there of what they need to be doing and it'll break it down for each month and quarter. Wow. That's, that's terrific. Stephen Lee is with us folks. Stephen Lee group is the name of his his company. He's a CEO and realtor with with his own firm. Um, and you talked about how you work with realtors that have their own teams. You have your own team. I mean, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see maybe that for realtors that have their own team? I think not running the business like a business is the number one issue. Um, people, real estate agents that are successful are successful because they're great at sales and that's what makes them amazing. But what the reality of the situation is the people that are great at sales aren't necessarily great at the detail part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're building these vast businesses and bringing in a lot of money. But if you look at the bottom line, what's actually going into their pocket sometimes is way smaller than it should be. Mm. And it's just simple processes that aren't in place of, kind of budgeting as much as you can, which budgeting is very hard to do in real estate. Um, but tracking the numbers, tracking the dollars. Um, but it takes a lot of time to build that stuff out as well. 
Uh, when I first, that team I first started on, I was an agent for about a year and then moved into a director of operations role for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really my first glimpse inside a big real estate business. And they were, they're typically number one around here. They're great. Mm. Um, and it really gave me a bird's eye view of what these, what these team owners really need, what kind of support they really need. Do you think that, uh, team owners that maybe are struggling, that one of the sources of their struggle is not realizing that they're really kind of working to make sure that team is functioning and, um, really for those team members to actualize themselves. Right. I mean, they're managers. Right. 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 And the tough part about it is that a lot of these team owners don't have any managing experience. Mm. Um, and that's understandable. You know, they, they've been working for themselves and got to a point where they needed to bring people on. Um, and my, my biggest conversation with them when I first meet them is kind of figuring out what their day to day looks like. And it's really the bottom line of is, are you working on the business? Are you working in the business? Um, and working in your genius zone is what mm. I like to call it, is what is the 20% that you do that brings in 80% of the results that you want? Mm-hmm. Um, so for most of these business owners, it's them finding more business, promoting the business to bring in more clients, and then teaching the agents how to close deals, how to get clients to hire them and how to close deals. They should not be focused on the tracking of the numbers in the data. They really need either to hire somebody to do that or bring somebody on like me that is not directly involved in their business, but I help them do all that stuff for them. Takes them off, takes that off their plate so they can focus on what they really need to be focused on. And you're the guy I would imagine that you uh, keep people from focusing too much on the things they're having fun with as opposed to things they really need to be paying attention to, <laughs> right. right? It's easy to stay focused on what's fun, yep. uh, meeting new people or whatever, mm-hmm. right? As mm-hmm. opposed to the, the the details of the business that need to be tended to right. continually. Right. But ironically, I mean, on the, the flip side of that is that's really what they need to be doing is the fun stuff. That's what their value is, mm-hmm. is to bring in more and more clients. They're right. the face. So if you use my business example, my team, that's what I need to be doing. I make phone calls every day to past clients, current clients, making sure they're happy, checking in with them. Uh, we do events like we do a pumpkin patch in one of my agent's neighborhood every year. Um, and that's really for that business is my main goal is to be the face and to be doing things like this to attract the business. And then the coaching side is they really need to be bringing people on that can teach them what to do with the business once they got it. So Stephen, I'm just curious, um, as you looked to grow your own, uh, business, why get into coaching versus just growing your team? I mean, you could have continued to grow your team and, and, uh, gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Why, why get into coaching? I think the reason why I like what I'm doing now and running the business is to support the team. I think, you know, I always tell people that I don't want to be a king. I want to be a king maker. Mm. So being able to bring on a new agent on my business, give them all the tools and resources and the coaching they need and watch them be successful over the few years I've been running my team, I've realized that is where my heart really is. Mm. And I think moving into the coaching allows me to do that on a much broader level. Um, without having to manage the day to day 
of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me to get to the next level of what my team is, if I really wanted to grow that, I would need to find a me to run the day-to-day operations of it. Um, But I got a solid crew right now and they don't really, they're motivated and they're hustlers for sure, but they have families and Mm -hmm. they're happy. They're making good money and they're not looking to blow it out and do 500 closings a year. Um, So we have a great baseline. They're happy with what they're doing and this coaching allows me to switch gears and kind of really get to what I will really enjoy, which is supporting people. And then of course the data and the systems. And the, I'm presuming here. Uh, so this is a question. I presume that you can work really with someone anywhere. They don't have to be necessarily here in the Atlanta area when it comes to your coaching. Correct. So my, um, all my systems are actually for sale on Etsy. Um, but if you, and then you can, Buy them, use them yourself, or you can schedule some time with me to help you implement them, or you can just pay me monthly to implement them for you and then actually meet with you twice a month. If you're a big team, once a month, if you're a solo agent. Um, but yeah, all this stuff can be done virtually and all these systems are applicable to really any, st- any real estate business. And it is something tells me that you find that the typical real estate agent really doesn't have a system. Correct. <laughs> it's the understatement of, of the well, Oh, okay. <laughs> I walked right into that yep, one. Yep. yep. I think that's where, you know, 99.9% of coaches in the real estate business, um, you will see is all about sales. I'm going to teach you how to do, go from 50 closings to 100 closings, and I'm going to teach you how to get 100 listings in a year, um, which I offer that because obviously I've been successful on the sales side, mm-hmm. but that's not really my niche and what my focus is because mm. that's out there. Um, and I have an agent that works with me that is phenomenal at sales. That's always right there. If my clients need an extra level of the sales help. Mm-hmm. Um, but really where my niche and where I saw the biggest need was with the systems. Um, back when I was at a different brokerage, they were giving out, you know, huge awards every single year at these big conventions. And it was for what's called GCI, gross commission income. So you sell a million dollars worth of sales volume. This is the GCI that's coming in. Now, that was before any splits, any business expenses, anything like that. So the leader of this brokerage decided he wanted to change the format to where he wanted to look at people's P&Ls. That they weren't going to get awards for bringing in the most GCI. They were going to start getting awards for being the most profitable Mm. real estate agents and real estate teams. Well, (laughs) that did not go well. I'm sure it didn't. And it was the numbers were just kind of astounding. It was really eye-opening for a lot of people how mismanaged a lot of this money was being. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're dumb. It's just because they that's not their area of expertise. Right. Um yeah, that's fascinating. And that individual had courage, right? Because, because actually, um, the big brokerage firms, they don't really generally care what your P and L is, right? Cause they make the money on the top, right? right? And they, it's kind of like a franchisor the, they make money off the getting their cut of sales and they, they're happy if you're barely uh uh in business exactly uh they could care less whether 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 you're really truly successful or not right exactly yeah yeah and that's really sobering it really is i think i loved it because how attractive is that if as a business owner that's going to say look 
come over here and we want you to bring in big numbers for the business, but we also want you to be happy. We want you to make a, a profit mm-hmm. um, f- and make money for all your efforts because this is a tough business. Yeah, it's a tough business. Right. Um, and to see your numbers just kind of dwindling and what's going in your pocket be so little after all the hours you put in on deals, uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. So I agree with you. It's very brave, very innovative, um, and very eye opening. Yeah. Um, have a lot of, uh, has the industry expanded as, as, you know, given the, the wave, the real estate wave of the last few years, um, a lot more people gotten into the business. So over the last few years, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, during COVID, like I mentioned earlier, you could stick a sign in the yard and it would sell in a second. Um, but those days have changed. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of people that got into real estate that, um, Thought it was easy money, which it was for the mm-hmm. last couple of years. But now with this huge market shift, people runs towards quality. So people that understand the market, understand how to have the conversations with the sellers. We're getting less showings on homes and less offers, which means you really have to be able to negotiate well um, and maybe create an offer. Think outside the box. Uh, I read an article the other day that said in Atlanta, only... of all the agents closed more than four transactions in the last six months. Wow. 8%. Wow. (laughs) That is a striking minority. (laughs) It really is because there's so many agents out there with their license that do this Mm part-time that they don't, this is not how they make their money. This is not how they pay their bills. This is just a side hustle for them. Um, maybe they help friends and family, or maybe they just take advantage of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 ones like myself and the other teams that I coach and surround myself with, we're the ones that are doing about ninety percent of the business. And there's just a handful of us. Yeah. Wow. So, um, if I'm a real estate uh, agent, a realtor, and I'm trying to establish my, myself as a uh, the, the trusted go to person with all this competition and, you know, there's a whole lot of folks that might look great on social media, you know, to the average buyer like me. Right. But I don't know the difference. Right. Um, but they look great on social media, but how do I stand out if I've got the expertise and I want to showcase that? That's, that's a tough one. That's yeah. the, I mean, the number one thing any agent needs to be doing is what we call lead generation. So you just always need to be meeting new people, always talking to people on the phone. Um, but being really educated about what's going on in the market. Uh, a lot of people are, have a lot of questions about what's going on right now. And if you can't answer them with data and you can't understand, give them hopefully with experience. Now, I say that, you know, even brand new agents can still be knowledgeable and still do a good job. Mm-hmm. But experience does matter. Absolutely. Um, and then resources, you know, whether you're on the sell side, having resources for painters, landscapers, anything like that. And then on the buy side, having lenders that, you know, um, all that stuff is super, super important. So really being knowledgeable is the best thing. And then just understanding where the client's at. Every client situation is completely different. Um, and if you go in and have what we call commission breath, where you're trying to get your first deal or you need a deal, um, it's going to, it's going to come across. So Hold on to commission breath. Yeah. So say more about that. <laughs> I want to hear about that. Well, that's a little industry term commission okay. breath, where basically we're saying that it's somebody that maybe hasn't had their first closing yet or uh-huh. has had a few months since their last closing. So they're going in there trying to just close the deal. 
trying to get the seller, they'll list the seller's house in any condition for any price. Mm -hmm. Um, or they meet with a buyer and tell them, Oh, it's easy to get a house. You know, you won't have any problems with repairs or talking them out of asking for repairs. Um, it's just somebody that's in it for the commission. That's not in it to actually help this person make one of the largest financial decisions they'll ever make. And some people only do it two to three times in their entire life. Hmm. I thought where you, I'm familiar with the term stench, stench of desperation. Yes. And it sounds like that's very similar. <laughs> that's very similar. Very similar. Commission breath is bad breath, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. I mean, it's, it, buyers and sellers can smell it on you as soon as you walk in the door. It's right. Like, oh, yeah. And they don't. you don't even have to open your mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that one. Thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, so... And that's really hard, though, right? I mean, look, we're all in business. We're all here to feed our families and what have you. Um, but it's hard to separate yourself from that yeah. in your head, mm-hmm. right? And always and come across as being, hey, I'm looking out for you, the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people hire me to do a job, and but they're not always going to agree with the way I recommend things. Um, now, that's when I meet with sellers specifically, I give all my recommendations for pricing updates, all this stuff. But always at the end of that conversation is you're hiring me for a job and Mm -hmm. I'm here to do whatever it is you actually want to do. And I will fully support it in any way that I can. Um, These are my recommendations based on my experience and what I'm seeing on the market, but I want you to be happy with the process. I want you to be, you to be happy with what we're doing here. Um, because that matters. And right. again, going back to my previous statement, this is one of the biggest financial decisions people make buying or selling a house. Um, we're talking about their families are involved in big money. Um, and then in real estate, referrals is just the best way to run your business. Yep. Instead of paying for leads all the time, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And if you're out here with the commission breath and just working for what we call working for the deal uh-huh. instead of working for the client, I mean, what kind of reputation are you going to build long term? Mm-hmm. Do you teach uh, realtors how to have those tough conversations that sometimes you have to have with a seller? I do. I do. So it's grit practice and we typically call them objections that somebody's going to have of, you know, this is where I think we should price it. And then they push back and what does that conversation look like? Or I think that we should do this to the house, or I think we should offer this when you're working with buyers. Um, Yeah, I do coach them through that. Mm -hmm. Great work folks here from Stephen Lee. He is uh, CEO with the Stephen Lee Group, uh, both a real estate team and uh, coaching for uh, realtors, real estate agents. So um, this has been great, Stephen, and I can't imagine there aren't some folks that wouldn't want to know more, wouldn't want to be in touch. So let's uh, give them directions on how they can find you. All right. So my website is just stephenleegroup.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, the Stephen Lee Group. Then I'm on Etsy. Um, if you guys are on Etsy, that's where my systems are for sale. Okay. Um, and that's just Etsy.com backslash shop backslash the proactive agent. And then obviously my cell phone. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. I do answer it. I answer texts too, and I answer calls. <laughs> so okay. that's 404-406-8031. Terrific. And we'll have links in the show notes, folks. Stephen Lee. 
Uh, wow, what what a great conversation! And uh, thanks for the work you're doing. Um, uh, we're delighted we could help celebrate it. So Absolutely, thank you. it's been a pleasure. We appreciate you. Hey, folks, just a quick idea for you. If you're looking for a different kind of team building experience, one that does not involve tromping through the woods and swamps and uh, getting mosquitoes and freezing to death or whatever happens out there on those team building events, I like the idea of heading over to ANS Culinary Concepts. Yes, they're an award-winning culinary studio here in the North Fulton area in Johns Creek, um, and they do corporate catering. But they also do corporate team building, and they've got a great um, team building function. It's a lot of fun. You come in with your team, you cook under the direction of executive chef Andrew Traub and his team, and uh, you get to sit down and enjoy the results. And it's a lot of fun. I was just in one about three weeks ago and uh, just had a great time. So if you're looking for something different like that for your team to celebrate the work you do together, uh, call Andrew, 678-336-9196, or go to asculinaryconcepts.com. And folks, North Fulton Business Radio, we're six and, a, six and a half years in, about 550 episodes, and we've gotten this far because of your support, and we are grateful for that support and how you help us celebrate the great work of business leaders like Stephen and the many other some 850 or so guests that we've had on the show over these years. Please help us continue to help us by sharing the show. Uh, That's how we get the word out on business leaders like Steven and the work they do. So if you've heard something here that makes you want to uh, share the show or makes you think of someone that needs to hear what he's had to share, uh, please do that. We'd greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Stephen Lee, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton, Business Radio.